This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Primetime Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino is a paid program. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for primetime. Welcome to Primetime Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50 plus and your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And we have an outstanding show planned for you today. Jason Meyer, who is a senior portfolio manager at Nine Point Partners, is here to talk about how you can get a 100% tax write-off if you invest in the resource sector. Okay, this is going to be a uh, two-part series with Jason. Part one is uh, going to be airing today. And then make sure you tune in next week because we're going to have a part two with Jason. And he's going to explain about a new offering that they have available that will be able to get you those 100% tax write-offs. Also joining us today is Shane Obata. He's an executive director and portfolio manager at Midfield Capital Corp. He's here to talk about the exciting opportunities available right now in the technology and new innovation sector. But first, we have a special workshop coming up next month. It's on Wednesday, September the 14th at 12 o'clock. It's going to be at the Oasis Banquet Hall in Mississauga, and lunch is going to be served for all of those who are going to be coming out. It's a complimentary session, and it has two important guests. The first guest is Jeff Sayer. He's a global infrastructure manager at Nine Point Partners, and he's going to be covering the global mid-year outlook uh, in terms of what's available with infrastructure. Remember, folks, everything that's happening now, all the construction that you're seeing on the roads and bridges and um, shipping terminals, airports, is all around uh, infrastructure. And so it's an important sector where there's great opportunity for you to make some money there. The second speaker is Peter Kardisopoulos. He's our estate planning uh, specialist from uh, our team. And he what he's going to talk about is different estate planning vehicles, and one that's called Estate and uh, wealth transfer strategies. And he also is going to talk about vehicles that are available that are called tax exempt. So two interesting things. Today is going to be a great day for saving some taxes. Um, if you'd like to join the workshop, all you have to do is give Dominic a call. And you can call her now. It's one 891 2637 or you can call after the show 1-866-891-2637 or you can go to our website which is primetimemoney all one word dot ca and you can register right there okay you want to have some ideas on how you can save some taxes this year stay right there jason mayer of nine point partners is going to be here to explain i'm richard infantino and this is primetime money Hey, we are back. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. And joining us now is Jason Meyer, who's a senior portfolio manager at Nine Point Partners. We asked Jason to come on and talk a little bit about how you can save some taxes this year. Hey, good morning, Jason. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your day to join us here today. Hi, Richard. Thank you for having me. You know, we wanted to have you come on, Jason, because you're your resource manager, of course, and we wanted to talk a bit about resources to see you know, um, if it's an opportunity there today. One, one question I wanted to ask you, though, is how is the, you know, the environment that we've had? We've had high interest rates. We've got inflation. How's that impacted the resource sector uh, this year, especially gold? Um, well, year-to-date, it's uh, had a negative impact. And, you know, really, you know, when you are in an inflationary environment, it's a bit of a tug-of-war between 
how fast the Federal Reserve is going to increase interest rates um, versus, you know, how quickly inflation is accelerating. So as the Fed embarked on, you know, uh, their their interest rate hike cycle for the first time in a number of years, um, you saw a negative impact on all resources and particularly gold bullion, um, simply because, you know, we saw an economy that was slowing and they increased opportunity costs to, to owning gold bullion. Um, since then, though, as you know, as, as time has passed, it looks like things sort of in the resource space bottomed out in July. Um, the gold price has, has recovered nicely off its bit of a local low. And, you know, for the balance of the year, things are, are you know, I would say looking up, and especially when you're looking at the resource equities. So, you know, you got the resources and then you have the resource equities. The, the resource equities um, fell disproportionately relative to to the correction in, in the resource prices. Like when you compare that the, the resource uh, stock prices, and they're small caps, of course, compared to general small caps, did they stay par with those or were they below those in terms of uh, correction as well? Oh, no, they, they corrected much more dramatically than, than small caps generally. Um, so, you know, you know, where you had, you know, a correction in, call it in resource prices, depending on, you know, what commodity you want to look at, you know, 10 to 20 percent, some of the small cap names were down 40, 50 percent. So it was a very violent correction, and it came on quite suddenly, because if you recall, earlier in the year, um, with the onset of the Russian-Ukrainian conflict, right. um, we, we saw, you know, resource prices skyrocket. Um, but then that narrative quickly changed to concern about inflation and the and the Fed starting to increase interest rates. So you know the the equities themselves got really whipsawed because of those changes in in direction and and you know and sentiment. Yeah. So now that things have cleared up a bit and the stock markets uh, gained some footing, like how, how how are you seeing things? Like if you're looking at the resource sector, you got gold and you got silver, you got all these different industrial metals and rare earths. Like what's what's what sector that you feel is uh, one that people should take a look at? Um, look, I think there's, um, I, you know, I think some of the, the bigger opportunities are going to be um, sort of on a go-forward basis in in gold and, and base metals. The backdrop for base metals um, over the mid to long term, you know, time horizon is exceptionally positive. And, you know, that is being driven by this, um, you know, this movement towards electrifying everything and obviously the move towards electrifying any type of transportation moving away from internal combustion engines requires massive amounts of copper of nickel specialty metals to to not only electrify the grid but also to build these batteries um, so your long-term backdrop for the demand side is quite positive and you know when you look at the supply side you know the low-hanging fruit has been picked over the years um, Deposits that are remaining are in difficult jurisdictions. They're typically lower grade. So, you know, the, the outlook is quite positive over the mid to long term. Um, if I'm shifting the focus to gold and, and where does sort of gold stand, um, if you look over prior rate height cycles, um, gold actually did quite well um, over Federal Reserve interest rate hike cycles going back to the 1970s when we were in a stagflationary environment. What the, the hallmark of those rate hike cycles and their impact on gold was volatility. So you had, you know, gold being whipsawed quite a bit. Um, but, you know, given this current rate hike cycle and it, 
looks for the time being like the worst is actually behind us in terms of the magnitude of the rate increases. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the Fed does pivot at any point here as economic growth slows, that would be exceptionally positive for gold and should drive gold bullion um, dramatically higher. Yeah. So if we look at that, you know, the, obviously you're buying something that's, you know, low. You got backdrop that's pretty good. Then you add in now um, the resource sector has um, that's a little bit different than the rest of the sectors in the uh, TSXs. You have an opportunity when you put together a partnership to have it get a 100% tax de- deduction. I know you guys um, specialize in that. Tell us about, you know, flow-through shares and how, how that all works. Yeah, so, you know, flow-through shares, I don't even like to use that term. I, you yeah. know, I just like to say they're, they're just regular common shares, but the benefit being is that those who purchase the shares that are issued on a flow-through basis are entitled to 100% tax deduction okay. in the year of investment. And in addition to that, um, they normally also um, are entitled to a number of tax credits. Um, so... We put together partnerships which allow retail investors to participate in, you know, what is really the, the only last sort of, you know, tax, um, you know, tax sheltering vehicle that, that remains out there in Canada. Um, you know, and this is all above board. It's been written into the Tax Act. It's line 224 in a tax return. Um, but so what we do is we put together a limited partnership. We raise money. We invest those proceeds. So what the client is really getting is a diversified portfolio of resource companies, and their investment is 100% deductible in the year of inception. And if you look at the track record, you know, I've been at Sprott running these since uh, 2013. Um, the track record is, is it's fairly exceptional on an after-tax basis. So 12 of the 14 partnerships that, um, that I've um, created and closed um, 12 of the 14 have returned positive on an after-tax basis. And if you look at the average on all of them, the average average after-tax return was 61%. And that's for an Ontario investor tax at the highest marginal rate. So yeah. because of the robust tax benefits, um, you know, even though over the years the resource sector has had its up and ups and downs, um, it's, it's, a very, it's a great way to participate in the resource sector. And you're also... Um, obviously mitigating any sort of tax liability. Like when you're choosing the companies for this, uh, Jason, what, what kind of process are you going through? Um, so, you know, we do fairly extensive due diligence. Like, you know, look, I'm at Sprott, so I have the benefit um, on the technical side when we're, when we're looking at the, the technical merits of a project. You know, Sprott is a mining shop. Um, uh, you know, we have just north of $28 billion in assets under management dedicated to resources. I have you know, engineers and geologists that I can rely on that, you know, give me an, an unbiased view of the technical merits of a of any sort of project that a company is is trying to develop. Um, then there's extensive financial due diligence. We always want to ensure that any companies we're investing in, you know, have the financial wherewithal to maintain operations for a number of years because obviously, you know, companies that are exploring are typically, you know, they're habitual consumers of capital so they need to finance quite often, but we're, we're, we're quite keen on ensuring that they have a balance sheet that can support their operations um, for, you know, 24 months, um, um, 24 months of runway. Um, so, you know, coupled with that and obviously, you know, the management backgrounds, I've been doing, the, you know, this since uh, 2002. So um, clearly, you know, I've, I've, I know who the players are. Um, I've been investing with some of the same management teams over that time period. Um, so I'm very well versed in this, and um, and you know, so it's it's a it's a multi-pronged process. 
Okay, that's all the time that we have for today, Jason. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. I know you guys have a new issue coming up uh, real soon, so uh, what we'll do is we'll give you a call back next week, and we'll go through the new issue offering that you have available. Thanks. For, thank you for having me, Richard. All right, you take care. Okay, that was Jason Meyer. He's a senior portfolio manager at Nine Point Partners. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with limited partnership, mutual fund, and ETF investments. Distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds, limited partnerships, and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Nine Point Partners. Stay right there, folks. The technology sector is poised to make strong returns if the inflation numbers pull back from their recent highs. Shane Abada is here to talk about specific ideas that you can consider right now. I'm Richard Infantino, and this is Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money, and joining us now is Shane Obata. He's a portfolio manager with the Middlefield Group. Hey, good morning, Shane. Thanks for uh, taking the time out today to join us. Thanks for having me. I guess the first thing is we wanted you to uh, come on to talk a little bit about uh, technology and technology sector. Like, how are you seeing things in terms of, you know, what the market's doing and technology? Yeah, it's been it's been a, a tough year so far, but I think that's created a lot of opportunity across the entire sector. So for the long-term patient investor, I think there's a lot of attractive companies right now. So there's there's lots of attractive companies, but you know when if you're li- looking at it as as an investor and you're looking at investing in technology as a sector, you yeah. know how should they think about the long term potential there? Not just you know should I buy this one stock and try to make some money? I should think about the potential of technology right. going forward, right? Well, I think the first thing to kind of touch on is just that it's been a very macro driven market this year, and that okay. just means that interest rates in particular and inflation have really been a key driver of stock prices and especially in technology. Mm -hmm. And so that creates the kind of situation we've seen a lot of volatility in which everything gets sold down regardless of the underlying fundamentals. So I think investors need to focus. You talked about the long-term potential. One thing that we're always thinking about is technological leadership. Okay. That's, pretty self-evident in technology, but I just mean, who are the respective players in, in each segment of the market? And that's that's something that we spend a lot of time trying to figure out. Okay. So once you have them, then you have the leader going, you know, into the future in terms of, you know, that whole classification of technology, right? Yeah, I think it's interesting to note, you have these situations whereby the leading company, if they continue to invest in R&D successfully, and that pans out, then you have the situation where the leader can potentially extend their gains, if you know what I mean. So one one example that comes to mind right now is kind of the the, the current battle that's going on between AMD and, and Intel in the semiconductor space. Mm-hmm. So we've been bullish on AMD for quite a long time now. And that was really at the core of our thesis was that AMD's technology and their their the, the execution that management has has done over the last little while has been really impressive. And so with Intel trying to catch up, they're spending a lot of money, but 
even still, there's no guarantee that they're going to catch up. And so we've seen them cede a lot of market share to AMD, specifically in in server chips. So that's one example of, of kind of trying to, to differentiate between who has the best technology in its space. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting one. Now, I know you guys at um, Middlefield uh, have a couple ETFs. Let's talk about the one that's involved with innovation. I think the symbol is M-I-N-N. That's right. So it's, I think it's, it's unique for investors in that we're going to provide a, a combination of, of growth potential and, and consistent income. So while tech is not known for having high dividends in general, there are opportunities uh, across, across different areas. Like there are some companies in semis. We like Broadcom. We've liked that one for a long time that pay pretty sizable dividends. And then I should mention that this fund is, it's, it's not tech focused, but technology kind of underpins all of the holdings. So what do I mean by that? I mean, it's diversified across different sectors, but as we know in the modern day, good technology is important for all companies, right? Mm-hmm. It's not sure. just in the tech sector. And so we found we're finding lots of opportunities in communications and consumer discretionary, even a little bit in financials and industrials. So that's all in addition to the, the interesting themes that we're finding in tech. Uh, you guys at Middlefield, a lot of your portfolios are all managed around the paying out of distribution. Does this one pay a distribution? Yeah, it does. Okay. What's the, the current yield? Yeah, so the current yield is around 3.2%, and the distributions are paid out monthly. Hey, Shane, tell us about a couple of stocks in that portfolio that you like now. Yeah, definitely. One that's that we found quite interesting is, is John Deere, okay. which everyone knows as the, machine, the farming machinery company, right? Right. So a great established business, but... We found that they're doing some really interesting stuff in the precision agriculture space. And so what, what exactly does that mean? That means precision agriculture is effectively the combination of hardware and software. So in Deere's case, they have an advantage in the sense that they've already sold the farmers all of the tractors, right? They've, they own the machinery. They sell the machinery. And so when they're selling software to these existing customers, it's, it gives them an advantage in the potential uptake. So precision agriculture is really interesting. I think another theme that kind of underpins a lot of what we do is efficiency, right? Efficiency as in doing more with less. And, and that's kind of the idea behind precision agriculture. It's really about using data that you gather through operating the machinery Okay. To your advantage. So, for example, you want to if you're mapping out using GPS the the route that you're taking, and you're doing that kind of in a mathematical, computerized way, then hopefully that'll make many different things go go better and and reduce your resource consumption and whatnot. So, for example, if you're perfectly mapped out, then you're going to minimize the amount of gas that you need to use, and if you're if your technology and your cameras are, are highly efficient, then you can improve the yields on, on your seed planting. And you can potentially reduce the use of fertilizer. So you can see how all of these things are kind of tied into efficiency. So this is a, a blossoming part of Deere's business, and I think it's an interesting ex- example of technology underpinning 
every sector pretty much nowadays. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting one. We got time for one more. We have a minute left, Shane. What else do you have there? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I would say we continue to really like Amazon. What what started as an e-commerce business has now become e-commerce, but maybe more importantly, AWS, the, the cloud computing side, and also the advertising business, which has grown pretty tremendously now. I'm sure you've seen some a lot of sponsored sponsored ads when you're browsing Amazon nowadays. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. I think it, there was an interesting setup created recently. The, the stock has performed quite well recently, but after after having struggled for a while. So we basically went through COVID. Everyone was stuck at home. Everyone was transacting online. And so we saw a huge step change up in e-commerce adoption, which made sense. There was no other way to, to get stuff at the time for the most part. Now, what happened in response to that was Amazon kind of overbuilt their distribution facilities and whatnot. And and so now they're stuck with a little bit of excess capacity. But if we look at the long-term trends, we still think that e-commerce is going to continue to grow as a percentage of retail sales over time. As customers become more comfortable transacting online, especially in categories that are still very underpenetrated. So for example, like personal care products, even auto parts, there's various different parts of the market that have just tended to be historically in-store purchases. So we're, we're, we're optimistic that Amazon will continue to lead in e-commerce. We view it as, as one of the best logistics companies around. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us here today, Shane, and um, hopefully we can get you on again real soon. Okay. Thanks right. for having me again. All right. You take care. Okay. That was Shane Obata. He's the executive director and portfolio manager of Middlefield Capital Corporations. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. Distributions are not guaranteed and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by the Middlefield Group. Wow. We're out of time already. You know, what we covered on the show today, you can contact uh, Dominique and she'll give you some more information on the uh, ETF that we talked about. And also to register for our upcoming workshop on September 14th. The number again is 1-866-891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637 to register for the seminar coming up in September and also to get any information that we talked about today. And remember, next week we're going to have our part two with Jason Meyer, who's going to talk about exactly how you can take advantage of getting those tax write-offs this year. Remember to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our podcasts are on Apple Music, Prime Music, and Spotify. But you can go directly to our website. It's primetimemoney, all one word, dot C-A. And get all the information that you're looking for from the show. See all the uh, past podcasts and all information to help you with your financial planning. See you next week, folks. I'm Richard Infantino, and this has been Primetime Money. The strategies and advice during Primetime Money are provided for general guidance. Listeners should consult their own investment advisor when planning to implement a strategy. Interest rates, market conditions, special offers, tax rulings, and other investment factors are subject to change. Richard Infantino is an investment advisor with RBC Dominion Securities, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air.
and The Garden Show.